You know we love spooky things. This is why we fell in love with Michigan-based Lynn B. Designs. When I popped the pumpkin spice all the things wax melt into my burner, my home was filled with a delicious buttery scent. Plus, there's the wide variety of a gorgeous nail polishes with themes like Hocus Pocus and Pleasant Peninsula. All products are vegan and cruelty-free, and you can find monthly sales on Facebook and Instagram at Lynn B. Designs. Head to lynnbdesigns.store today. Again, that's L-Y-N-B-designs.store. We love them. We love you. It's great nail polish. It's the best I've ever used. Thanks! Michiganders can be a superstitious bunch. We find all sorts of reasons to explain the world around us, sometimes pulling from science, sometimes tradition, and sometimes from our imaginations. What happens when we can't readily explain our experiences? And what happens when a ghost story gets out of hand? Do these legends stem entirely from fantasy? Or are people seeing things no one could truly explain? I'm Krista K. Coburn. And I'm Kay Gray. Welcome to Haunted Mitten. So this is just going to be a whole lot of me stopping to look at this word first, <laughs> telling myself to completely ignore everything but the first letter, <laughs> and trying, trying to make sure that I don't screw up. Yeah, I when we did our audio drama, which was yeah. the Griffin, we had to stop and like go over like, okay, how's this pronounced? Like, okay. uh, Aaron said that, I guess Kristen often says, you know, oh, French with all of its beautiful letters that ignores half of them. Yep. All those lovely vowels that it doesn't use. It really, yeah. You don't need all of those. You don't say them anyway, so who cares? Yeah. <laughs> I really want to hear what old French sounded like. Oh, I know. Did they, actually, did they actually use these letters? I bet you there's some recordings out there of somebody, some stuffy, like, scholar who knows this shit. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to look. <laughs> I am very curious. Hey, send them to contact hauntedmitten at gmail.com if you know them. If you know some stuffy old scholars who know ancient <laughs> yes. things. Sioux St. Marie, I will have to stop every time, is a lakeside town in the eastern UP that listeners may recognize as the location of the Michigan Paranormal Convention, aka Michigan Paracon. And, you know, our, our future... Our, our, our future let's go with it's our future yeah one day we'll make it god it's so expensive it, <laughs> it's mm. also the oldest city in michigan not the paracon Sault Ste. marie settled by french colonists in 1668 friends that's over 350 years ago less than 50 years after the arrival of the mayflower in what is now massachusetts just to throw that in perspective that's like as old as you get for white yeah. folks in in the americas take that east it. coast yeah <laughs> there was <laughs> stuff going on here too come at me don't come at me you're scary <laughs> Fair. there is also a sioux st marie ontario which is located just across the river both sioux st marie's are located along the st mary's river st marie's get it which is the body of water that connects lake huron to lake superior this is also where you find the Sioux locks, spelled the way I want them to be spelled, 
which opened in 1835. <laughs> yeah, the Sulox is generally spelled phonetically as S-O-O rather than S-A-U-L-T, like the cities. Uh, Susanary is usually... <laughs> oh, it's going to get so much better. You're going to love You're going to love this. No, I'm not. Oh, my little language. <laughs> Nerves are fluttering. Okay, so Sault Ste. Marie is usually translated as St. Mary's Falls due to the rapids on the river, hence the need for the locks. However, the area was once home to the Sioux people, spelled S-I-O-U-X, more specifically the Eastern Dakota, who were gradually pushed westward into the Western Dakota and Lakota territories by the incoming Anishinaabe starting in the 1300s or maybe 1500s. This is kind of pre-European Forever presence in the area, so we yeah. don't quite know. Yeah. The two groups, Anishinaabe and Dakota, remained in conflict over the land right through the 18th century, when the Americans came and kicked everyone out, basically. Yeah. Uh, so these words, Sioux and Sioux, S-A-U-L-T and S-I-O-U-X, sound alike, <laughs> but they are not related. Both do come from French. Hence all of the letters we don't pronounce. Uh, the word for the Sioux people comes to us in English via the French's interpretation of the Ojibwe word, Nadawesi. And I don't really want to try the French word. The Ojibwe actually looks way easier, even though I probably still did mispronounce it. What is this? So, yeah. <laughs> so the French is Nadoisu, which is spelled what? just for funsies. N-A-D-O-U-E-S-S-I-O-U-X and is where the S-I-O-U-X spelling sue the people comes from. <laughs> like the look on your face is so wonderful right now. I wish you guys could see me. I am freaking out. <laughs> so French, I can no longer defend you. I yeah, defended and- you for years because I love you and I loved learning you in high school. But like, I think we have to break up. <laughs> yeah, like modern Parisian French, which is kind of like the standard French. I'm guessing yeah. it's like it would be pronounced like Nadusu. Yeah. But in old timey French, it's like Nadosu or something. Dosu, no, got it. That came from Nadosu. So I don't know where the Sioux comes from. And that's. So yes, the which is why the Sioux probably don't prefer to be called Dakota or Lakota because Sioux is actually the Ojibwe word. For yeah, it's them not even it's not even their the word. French shortening into yeah into English. Right. So there's your history and linguistic lesson. Oh my for this god! Episode. I hope you enjoyed them. I did not. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. Just oh my god, we're not done with the pronunciations. I just read ahead. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I'm so sorry, gentle listener. <laughs> I'm going to screw up everything. In our episode on haunted bars and taverns last season, quote, have some spirits with your spirits, because Krista can't resist. Nope. <laughs> we talked about the Antlers Bar and Restaurant, so we won't be talking about it here. You can go back. But it's got some wild stories. It was featured on the TV show My Ghost Story in 2012. And if you're in the area, maybe just go check it out. It seems cool. Yeah, we will definitely be checking that out when we make our way up to the Sioux. When we finally get there. (laughs) The location we're uh, going to start off with today was also featured on My Ghost Story in the episode Toys in the Attic in 2013. 
IMDB says, quote, a man visits an unhistoric home. God, I hate it when they do that. A man visits unhistoric home built in 1793 by fern trader John Johnston. No. He interacts with Molly, the ghost of Johnston's granddaughter, end quote. John Johnston. Yep. Hey, I went to school with a John Johnson. So, oh my God! At least this is John from Johnstown instead of John, son of John. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> it's slightly better. John Johnston was a fur trader who opened his business along with his wife, Oshagusko de Wakewe, who was Ojibwe, as you may have guessed. I'm sure I said that with a heavy Midwestern American accent. Yeah, I am a, an American Midwesterner, so most of it what happens. I say is going to have that accent. Yeah. Um, so they opened their business in 1793. She was baptized as Susan, another Sue, after her marriage to John. And she was also an awesome lady. We won't um, talk about her because she doesn't really feature into the, the story so much. But she was an awesome lady. And if we you have, like history, go. We have before, right? No, we've talked about her daughter. Oh, okay. But she was also an awesome lady. Yes. Go read about these people. They're pretty cool. He built their log home with a scenic view of the St. Mary's River Lower Rapids. Quoting from SueStMarie.com, Quote, Johnston furnished his home with the aristocratic comforts he had known in Ireland, and the dwelling became a favorite stop for dignitaries who were traveling through the region. Over the next 20 years, the Johnstons prospered. Disaster struck in 1814 when Johnston, an English loyalist, was defending Fort Mackinac against the Americans. Wow, he's from Ireland and he was... All right. Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Maybe he wasn't ethnically Irish. Maybe not. Maybe he just lived there. Okay. Because otherwise, that's confusing. American troops attacked Johnston's property at the Sioux, destroying his home and confiscating his trade goods. A new, smaller home was hastily built on the site of the old. Because you gotta live somewhere. Yep. <laughs> so here's where we meet an old friend of ours Henry Schoolcraft the yep. man who named many of the counties in Michigan after made up Ojibwe sounding just, names just whatever he wanted he just took a bunch of like flashcards with different syllables and just muddled them together and yeah it kind of did <laughs> and like <laughs> some of them they're pretty sure are genuine but it's he just made it really muddy by using fake words right yeah that he thought sounded cool and he just Ojibwe. thought were cool yeah yeah he began his career as Indian agent in Sault Ste. Marie in 1822. So what? Eight years after our last moment? <laughs> yeah. Um, so he arrived with the American troops because the Americans won that war. He befriended the Johnston family and was especially fond of daughter Jane, who is also known by her Ojibwe name, Obabambwawa Geje Gokwa, which means woman of the sound that the stars make rushing through the sky. It's so pretty. Yeah, we have said before <laughs> on this podcast, I believe in the Lighthouse episode, yeah. that this is a much cooler name than Jane, Yes, which apparently comes from a Hebrew word meaning God is gracious. Oh, okay. Hebrew is a lovely language, but woman of the sound that the stars make rushing through the sky is so much more evocative than God is gracious. And what a fantastic name for a poet. Yes, I know. Oh my gosh. It's like, here is your destiny. Become a poet. Yeah, like you're clearly <laughs> meant to be a writer. Write imagery. <laughs> Together, In English she... and Ojibwe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, she's cool. Yep. Together, she and her husband, yes, she married Henry, wrote a heck of a lot about Ojibwe culture and folklore. She is considered to be the first Native American literary writer, 
the first known Native American woman writer, the first known Native American poet, first known poet to write poems in a Native American language, and the first known Native American to write a to write out traditional Native American stories. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. And that all happened here in Michigan, and I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. I love um, our indigenous history. It's and it's pretty well known. Oh, that's good. Fairly like decently known. More yeah. so than I think other places. That's cool. Yeah. Coming uh, as an outsider here, I have no idea, obviously, like what Michiganders learned about their own state. Like, I have no idea. <laughs> the French intermarried so much yeah. um, it, with because of the fur trade and everything. And the fur trade goes back to the 1600s. Right. So there's there's so like, I mean, like the Americans didn't arrive until like 1822. Right. That's yeah. pretty late considering yeah. the French were here for like 200 years prior. Yeah. But enough about amazing Michigan women who were inducted into Michigan Women's Hall of Fame in 2008. Yeah, she was. When she and Henry married, an addition was added onto the Johnstons' house for the newlyweds in 1823, and it is the only part of the original structure still standing today. You can go visit it. It looks very cute in the pictures. <laughs> Aww, I would like to. According to Jennifer Billick in her book, Ghosts of Michigan's Upper Peninsula, Johnston's granddaughter named Anna Maria, but called Miss Molly. What? It was probably like a English rhyming nickname thing. All right. Never lived in the house. But she is said to have, quote, relocated to the Johnston home, end quote, after her death. Quote, she can be seen in fleeting glimpses passing by a doorway or felt standing behind you as you look at the family's belongings. She's even been known to have brief conversations with paranormal investigators and is reportedly also the cause of unusual electromagnetic frequencies, infrared readings, and some blurry apparitions caught on camera, end quote. According to Jenny.com, which is a genealogy website that I like to use, Anna Maria was the daughter of Susan Davenport Johnston and William Miengun Johnston, Jane Johnston Schoolcraft's brother. So, Miss Molly was Schoolcraft's niece. Okay. That's where we are. Got it. Um, she was born on Mackinac Island in 1838, and the time of her death is unknown. Uh, I okay. think I found her on Find a Grave. Okay. Uh, she seems to be buried in the family cemetery in Manuscong, Michigan, <laughs> which is about 20, 25 miles south, a little to the east of Sault Ste. Marie. Okay. And there is a picture of a pair of old gravestones against a simple wood fence. If you want to see it, you can go to findagrave.com. Search for Anna M. Johnston in Chippewa County, Michigan. She's the only one, which is why I'm pretty sure it's her. Oh, look, um, a handy link that you left for me to click right now. Yep, because it's really pretty and cute. Oh, it is. Oh. Yeah, I would love to go try to find that. I would love that. Yeah, we should. And I don't know who else is buried there, but it was just this neat little thing I found on on Find a Grave. And they yeah. don't have a birth, for any birth info for her. Yeah. But someone has been doing, someone, a descendant has been doing their genealogical research and they're building family trees on Jenny.com. So oh, okay. that's how I found it. And that's how I figured out how she was related to the school crafts. Got it. Okay. However, why she haunts this house, she never lived in. I have no idea. I also am not sure how they know it's her. But... well. If, yeah, I if mean, paranormal investigators have been able to communicate. Then... Yeah, it said like she has con she she sometimes has conversations with them. So I wonder if she's she has said her name. Yeah, like she's she's more than happy or something to 
to explain who she is like right like oh i'm you know molly or anna maria or you know whatever yeah. whichever and name she wants to use molly is a nickname for mary that's really funny i think it's uh actually i think it's an irish nickname for uh, mary now that i think about it which would make sense with I her know it's grandfather being irish Margaret. which is also a form of mary that's true it's mary's all the way down yeah pretty much <laughs> so yeah that if she was not called anna they might yeah. call her molly that might be her grandfather's name for her if he's irish yeah because um, i'm not clear on when he died no idea but it would make sense if she was anna maria that they might call her molly given her heritage that's true her traitorous heritage <laughs> yeah I, I would love English. to read more about these folks because <laughs> and now a word from our sponsors a huge thank you to chapters tea and coffee for sponsoring us this season their robust coffee and flavorful teas are keeping us going this busy spooky season. The Raven's Roast Coffee is perfectly roasted, incredibly smooth, and when I handed the first cup to my husband, he took a sip and a look of pure bliss came over him. Krista and her husband made the dream within a dream tea before bed, and they loved the well-balanced flavor and calming warmth of it. There are so many reasons to enjoy this brand. Chapters is local to Southeast Michigan. You can get all of their blends from drinkchapters.com. And they donate 5% of their net profits to Active Minds, the national leader for young adult mental health advocacy and suicide prevention. You'll fall in love with the art, the blends, the bookmarks. Do not wait to get your hands on these blends. Make the cold months warm and comfortable with chapters, tea, and books. Again, that is drinkchapters.com. Thank you for sponsoring this season of Haunted Mitten. All right. Next, we're going to explore a haunted ship. One of our favorite things to talk about ever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lake freighter, to be exact. For nearly 50 years, SS Valley Camp plowed the Great Lakes. That's, just, that's a really funny way to say that. Launched in 1917, she was retired in 1966. So that's a very long life. <laughs> and began her life as a museum ship in 1968. She is 550 feet or 170 meters overall with a 525 foot, 160 meter, meter? Yeah. Yeah. Keel. I don't, I just said it before. Why can't I say it again? Valley Camp is one of the Great Lakes largest maritime museums and has four aquariums on board, which is kick ass. I want to go. Oh, I want to go so bad. You got me with aquariums. There are also one and a half mangled lifeboats of the Edmund Fitzgerald, which couldn't possibly lead to supernatural activity. That was sarcasm. If you didn't get that, because the Edmund Fitzgerald, we just. One and a half. One and a half. Emphasis on the half. Yeah. Mangled. Yep. Yeah. Haunted as hell. Every October, the museum does a haunted attraction with jump scares and other spooky stuff. Which also might be kind of fun. That might be kind of fun, that's right? A, that's a cool location for a, a haunted house. Like Halloween on um the Queen Mary in Long mm -hmm. Beach is super fun. Yeah, I watched a <laughs> video on that uh, this yeah. past Halloween. Yeah. Once again, according to Jennifer Billick in her book, Ghosts of Michigan's Upper Peninsula, during an investigation by the Metro Paranormal Investigators, two EVPs were captured. The name George, which was the name of a former chief engineer of Valley Camp, and the word flat, which the investigators thought was a comment on the calm flat water visible outside the nearby window. 
best they could do. Giant shrug. Yeah. They were, yeah, I think they were kind of like, okay. (laughs) Sure. During another investigation by a different team, a piece of coal came flying out of nowhere and hit a team member. Wow, that's rude. Yeah. (laughs) Not even sure where the coal came from. I know. In the coal room, but why would it still have coal in it? Uh, Our basement does, so why not? That's true. Yeah. (laughs) Museum guests have reported feeling as if they are being followed or being spoken to. And shadowy figures are seen on the deck at night. The book Supernatural Haunts by Brad Blair, Tim Ellis, and Steve LaPlante has even more to say about the museum. One visitor reported feeling a presence in the coal bunker where someone allegedly had died. Another visitor said that in the engine room just past the coal bunker, quote, an unseen spirit took her hand and walked her out toward the exit, end quote. She described the experience as being benign and helpful. One employee said she saw the shadow of someone in the pilot house when she was closing one night. When she went to investigate, no one was there. During an EVP session in the coal room, the question was asked if it was hard to breathe between the heat and coal dust. A man's voice saying, I am coughing, was caught on tape. After finishing up a ghost box session, the team thanked whoever was with them and the ghost box said, you're welcome. Polite. Yeah. (laughs) elsewhere on the ship during another ghost box session the team said goodnight ready to end the session and the ghost box said goodbye yeah i love how how responsive and polite that is like i i really want to see this place like they help somebody out of the engine room yeah they're so they're 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 kind enough to answer the questions being asked and and they're just so polite about it yeah the only thing that's so nice that was, you know, I not polite, I guess, is throwing coal. Yeah, that's kind of mean, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. And the local ABC station did a segment did a segment on the museum ship, which is available on YouTube. And uh, I'll include a link in the show notes. Um, you Heck can also yeah. just look up, you know, SS Valley Camp. Yeah. But yeah, really interesting. Um not a not a military ship, just a Great Lakes ship that sailed for about 50 years and is now a museum ship. Yeah, that's awesome. And it must be and, big know. if they've got four aquariums. Yeah. I'm like, man, what do you mean by aquarium? <laughs> yeah. I, that intrigued me. And then <laughs> they have, you know, the lifeboats of the Edmund Fitzgerald. And right. I, I didn't see anything happening around them. But mm-hmm. at Whitefish Point, they have talked about things happening around their yeah. Edmund Fitzgerald stuff. Yep. So... Yeah, that's interesting. And yeah, that it, the fact that it's one one boat and then half of a boat. And then it's half. Like, oh, yeah. Kind of hits you. Yeah, as you know, as it kind of does every year, because let me tell you, Michiganders will never forget. Nope. The sinking of the Edmund, Edmund Fitzgerald. No. As we record this, the anniversary um, was not that long ago. Right. Because we're recording in November. No, it's very much still on. It gets posted online. It gets printed in newspapers. Yeah. yeah. Every year. I both love and hate you for this transition. She's just smiling evilly at me. (laughs) Now jumping ship. We land at the Ramada Plaza Ojibwe Hotel. Opened in 1927, the Ojibwe Hotel is the oldest and only full-service hotel in Sault Ste. Marie, and it offers a complimentary breakfast buffet. Not a bad place to stay if you're in town. I will take a breakfast. 
Yeah, this is this is like our itinerary when we're going yeah. to Susima. We're going to stay oh. at the Ramada Plaza Ojibwe <laughs> Hotel. We're going to go check out the museum ship. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. <laughs> now, if the convention center is haunted, we got this. Yes. <laughs> and there, of course, there are a lot of um, smaller places that they talk about in supernatural haunts and things, but these were the these were the biggies. Yeah, you can go read that book. Yeah, exactly. But please do. It's great. It's so good. You could use that actually as like a walking tour of haunted. Oh, that'd be fun. Really, I think, like we did with Bay City. Yeah, that'd be so fun. So the ghost of a previous owner or wife of a former owner or perhaps housekeeper depends on which source you read. <laughs> all right. They all agree she was named Beatrice. Okay. <laughs> and she's thought to still walk the halls. Some people claim that she continues to do some of the tidying up, to which I say, can she come clean up my house? <laughs> I'm, I am not opposed to a spectral housekeeper. I do not know what I would pay her, but I would be grateful for the help. Um, we've now heard of, of two ghosts that clean. Yeah, that's we've, fantastic. We are me. doing, um, at this point in time, we are doing our, our research for upcoming special secret project that's definitely not secret anymore. Brick and mortar said that there was a ghost that travels around. Yeah, tidying up. I mean, that sucks for the person stuck, <laughs> you know, stuck. Uh, oh, a thousand percent job. Um, I mean, I guess it's unless it's something that they loved. Sure, for me, that's a little bit of hell, but that's all right. Yeah, that's why I want her to come and do my house. <laughs> and she also allegedly has been known to unpack guest suitcases. Which would also be helpful if confusing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I never unpack my suitcase unless it's unless we're doing a cosplay or something. And, uh, you know, maybe it would benefit from being hung up in the closet. But yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think I've ever spent enough time in a particular hotel room to bother unpacking, really. Like that. And I've never had. No, that's not true. I have I have unpacked once and it was for max's wedding because our our wedding clothes had to be had to look oh, nice yeah but that's right. it yeah otherwise yeah. i'm not going anywhere that requires me to have like like formal clothes <laughs> so yeah that's why if i'm doing a cosplay that. especially for steampunk if i'm doing like a dress or a skirt or something like yeah i'll, I'll hang that up otherwise um, nah, you're but... fine stay crumpled in the suitcase whatever yeah blouses definitely yeah blouses dress yeah. shirts i would hang up but <laughs> Yeah, if I came back to my room and my suitcase had been unpacked, I would be confused. And yeah. Yeah. I'd be super confused because Aaron would never do that. Yeah, no, Greg would never do that either. Right. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, ghosts. It would be. Thank you. That was very kind of you, but uh, totally unnecessary. What? Yeah. But you should have just saved yourself the time and effort. Yeah. <laughs> All right. From Supernatural Hunts once more. Guests have reported seeing a figure standing at the end of their beds, as well as feeling as if someone has sat on the bed when it seems no one is there. A woman thought to be Beatrice is often seen on the sixth floor, and room 616 is referred to as Beatrice's room. A man thought to be Beatrice's husband is also seen. He is referred to as Gibbs, or gentleman in a business suit. Nice. Yeah, G-I-B-S. <laughs> a tall man in dress clothes and top hat being spotted wandering around through the lobby area. That's awesome. A Gibbs. And I wasn't clear on if the tall man with the top hat is gentleman in a business suit. I suspect so. Okay. But um, 
not really clear. Just just know that a, a woman and a man have been seen. Yeah. And I'm guessing older clothes. And and he's looking good. Yeah. Yeah. Top hat. <laughs> top hat, baby. Everybody loves a top hat. Oh, yeah. When a skeptical bar patron declared he didn't believe in ghosts, a painting promptly crashed down from the wall. <laughs> a kitchen drawer continues to open on its own, no matter what staff does to keep it closed. <laughs> Maintenance says there's nothing wrong with it. Which, gee, that feels a little familiar. <laughs> In the midst of an investigation during both EVP and Ghost Box sessions, a female voice answered yes to questions about working at the hotel and if the hotel was her home. Aww. So yeah, if we ever make it up to Sault Ste. Marie, I know where we're staying. Yeah, we're staying there. Got that breakfast. <laughs> and awesome. yeah, well, I wonder... I mean, that is great, but yeah, breakfast. But <laughs> I got my priorities. Um, yeah, I wonder, like, c- can you request to stay in room 616? Uh, I bet you it is booked out for the next several years. Probably. Yeah, yeah. But except, maybe, you know, stay on the maybe, sixth floor. Yeah, except maybe in the middle of winter. Maybe not then. Yeah, they probably have some kind of harsh winters. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> see, that's fine. I'll stay in, I'll, I'll stay in, relax in a hotel for <laughs> during winter. Oh, yeah, I absolutely would. <laughs> doesn't bother me. I, I don't know what other amenities they have, but it sounds like a pretty nice place. And I believe it's on the same street as the museum ship. Oh. I believe they're both on Portage Street. So. Nice. And I don't, our Sault Ste. Marie, at least, is ours in Michigan, is not a big city, really, at all. Um, no. It's a nice city. I haven't been there in many years, but it's a very nice city. Oh, God, it's probably been 20 years. Ugh. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. I've been to the Sulox twice. It's fun times. <laughs> I want to go on the Sulox. I want to go on one of the boats, like the dinner boats or something that goes takes you yeah. through the locks. I want to do it. I'm Let's a big nerd. Um, yeah, I've like my whole Sault Ste. Marie itinerary. Is, like, Amazing, <laughs> guys! You need to um, more of you need to join our Patreon so that we can afford to do cool stuff like go to the Michigan Paracon and have dinner yeah. on the locks. Tour Sault Ste. Marie. <laughs> I remember I have been to Sault Ste. Marie, Canada, which I guess is a much larger city. Yeah, um, fair. When I was a kid, because we were visiting, I was visiting with my family, and my dad was like, hey, kids, want to go to Canada? And we were like, okay. And I believe, <laughs> right. we, I think we just, like, drove across and drove back. Like, <laughs> it was a lot easier back then to cross the border than it is now. It's still pretty easy to cross the border, but it was a lot easier back then. Yeah, you know. You have to go get, go get the special license first. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Sault Ste. Marie check it out Um, and and definitely read that book if you want to hear more stories or read more stories it's so good yeah it's a great book that wraps i know this was kind of short but that wraps up this episode on sue st marie as always if you have any stories please contact us our email address is contacthauntedmitten at gmail.com or dm us on our social media of choice blue sky facebook instagram twitter if that's still around by the time this airs at haunted mitten um or tumblr Haunted Mitten Tumblr. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. Check us out on Tumblr. <laughs> Maybe I'll actually reactivate my Tumblr and follow it's, it. It's interact. pretty fun. It's pretty fun if you want to if you want to spend some mindless time scrolling but have it not be doom filled. It's pretty great. I do enough of that on Instagram and Facebook. <laughs> and Blue Sky, <laughs> actually. Alright, don't forget that we're on Patreon. Give us a dollar a month and you get access to the Discord where we show you pictures of our pets. Um, and have a bunch of live presentations. Hauntedmitten.com, which 
really badly needs to be updated. So, so badly. Um, but there is a link to our merch store and a list of upcoming events, which is very blank right now, but we will be at um, Chicago Steam Expo in April. So do that. Come see us. It's going to be yeah. awesome. Once once we have events, we will be posting them yes. uh, on upcoming <laughs> events. But we're it's mostly a, a spring and summer and fall now. We've, we've started we're like doing a, a mid-Michigan like Paracon in November. Yeah. So that's kind of the con season. We're a summer and, and fall kind of podcast, I feel. Yep. So. For doing our events. And then, yeah, during during uh, winter is when we obviously bring you these lovely episodes. Yeah. And you can find me on Blue Sky Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Krista K. Coburn. And K is at K. Gray Writes. And obviously hey. she does our Tumblr as well. Yep. It's really easy. It's great. And don't forget, any books we mention on the show are available for purchase at bookshop.org slash shop slash haunted mitten we had two this time and they are terrific resources for locations in the up if you're at all interested about weird stuff in the up definitely grab those the other one would be the lighthouse one just because it has some of the lighthouse locations yeah but uh yeah jennifer billicks and then the supernatural haunts are they're two great resources for the up yeah because there's not enough resources on the up so yeah and and it's such a unique place with a very long history what was it 1668 was yes founding of the city yeah oh my god yeah guys for americans that's so old it is (laughs) everyone thinks of you know the founding of the country you know the east coast but no like we were actually invaded by americans yeah (laughs) they invaded and took us over which is super weird to think about it's really weird to, to think about so we'll leave you to ponder that And as always, happy haunting. We're back here to talk to you about Lynn B. Designs. Not only do they have the best nail polish to rival even those most expensive nail polishes you see on Instagram, but they have stickers, wax melts, shirts, everything cute and adorable and definitely ready for this fall season. So be sure to check out this vegan, cruelty-free brand, you will love them as much as we do. Check out Lynn B. Design's monthly sales. They are fantastic. I am going to go look at some right now. Thanks.